Okay, so you guys, while you were walking the Appalachian Trail, were talking about helping people coming out of recovery that don't know what to do. So why don't you explain that a little bit? Yeah, Kira, you want to you wanna go for it? Sure. Um, well, having 2,200 miles to walk and talk and think about things, um, it's amazing what kind of creativity opens up and how many ideas that you have. And in addition to that, the people that we meet, it was very clear how many people were struggling in, in their lives that were on the trail and that used the trail as a source of healing and, and self-discovery. Um, so initially we had this idea that we wanted to help other people complete their dream of hiking the Appalachian Trail. Um, and, you know, we sort of mold that idea around um, during that trip and during our bike ride across the country. But then we started to realize that that was a dream that both Bill and I shared, but that isn't, it's very specific. And that while there are lots of people who dream to through hike the Appalachian Trail, um, people have all kinds of dreams. And in recovery, um, the thing that we wanted to focus on was helping people become the next best version of themselves as a sober person. Um, whether that means rediscovering who you were before that you lost in your addiction or uncovering someone that you've never even met because your addiction has been a part of who you were for so long. Um, so that's what we're doing now is we're helping adults in recovery uncover what they want out of their life, who they want to be. Um, so beyond just getting sober, like really living a successful life in recovery. And we've met so many people since we've been sober who really struggle with that. And we've been very fortunate to have had a lot of success in discovering who we wanna be and living our best lives and living out our bucket list. And so we really wanna help other people. Um, we meet people all the time who say, oh, I wish I could be like you. I wish I could do what you do. And I just wanna reach out and say, you can. And the idea for this business is really about finding a way that we can help people not only see that they can live the life that they want as a sober person, but help them be accountable on the way. And then you have all the qualifications with your education to help these people too, which is just really cool. Yeah. So I'm a licensed professional therapist and um, also a clinical adventure therapist a yoga and meditation teacher. And I've been counseling people in addiction um, since I was one month sober. So four years and six months. Bill, and you can't get away with shit, huh? No. Nope. You try, nope. yeah, you try to do your mind goes somewhere a little bit funny. She's like, get on the couch. <laughs> you know, Bill's, Bill's pretty much a therapist by proxy now. I don't know if the yeah. law would recognize him, but he has <laughs> all the language and all the tools. And, you know, if you didn't know it, you'd assume he was a therapist too, because he's just so knowledgeable. And I think I'm a pretty good trainer. So. Right. And it probably started right there with that chicken coop, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's when he really got um, involved in my work um, because I needed his help with that. And then he got to be there. Um, there were a few days that I even brought him in to help me with some of my groups with the teens. Um, so I could have him supervise some of the kids like using a drill for the first time while I managed the kids that 
we're more in crisis. <laughs> it's just so cool to see how all of this has evolved for you guys. Yeah. I mean, from you going to that meeting, Bill, bringing yeah. that home to her and getting her pizza stuck in her mouth to, <laughs> um, I mean, just the whole thing, how it's all evolved. And then you're, you're walking the Appalachian Trail and you're thinking of, uh, you know, just helping people walk the trail where that involved to where you can help people in their lives. Because I see a lot where people don't know what to do with their lives and you are going to, you're offering a service to help them. And then you guys get to the end of the Appalachian trail and you see that the world just going crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and you're like, let's keep doing the someday bucket list. And bam, you're on your way across America. Huh? So that took, a, I mean, you had to have planned that as you were going across the Appalachian Trail too, right? In a way. I mean, in the, so before we even set foot on the Appalachian Trail, there was a little bit of an idea to include bike riding in some fashion. So it initially started as a six month leave from home. And we thought, hey, if we finish the trail in less than six months, let's ride our bikes home to Pennsylvania from Maine. That would be super cool. And nobody does that. Nobody rides their bike home from the northern terminus of the Appalachian Trail. So that's where it started. But then when we actually got on the trail and as months went on with COVID and just reprioritizing in our own lives, we thought, that was the whole like, let's go big or go home thing. It was like, we were already planning to do a bike ride. It was just going to be from Maine to Pennsylvania, but hey, let's go all the way to the West Coast. Wouldn't that be cool? So that's when we decided to make it all the way. Wow. I, I, I bet you guys have wonderful pictures of all this, this ride too. Oh yeah. yeah. Tons and tons of pictures. So Tell us some of your adventures going across America. That just had it been. Uh, it was it was so different. I mean, on the Appalachian Trail, you're in the remote wilderness of the East Coast of the Appalachian Trails, and you know it's just it's pristine. There's no cars during COVID. There's no people. The national parks are closed, so there's less people than there's ever been in like a hundred years in the national parks. So there's just no one. The animals are out proliferating proliferating and just having a great time you guys are like lewis and clark huh oh that's what it, it was like every childhood dream i ever imagined coming true with covid and the appalachian trail like i know a lot of people got sick and ill but like for us our experience was a world that was untouched and where humans were not because everybody was stuck in their house while we were walking through the woods so that was yeah. like that was a beautiful, beautiful moment that'll never happen again, I'm sure, unless we have another pandemic. And then you get on the bike and now you are on the road, the road with people. Personal with mortality every single second. Every single second. You're like, all right, I could die right now. This is crazy. And then another big truck comes by and you're like, wow, I didn't die. This is crazy. And it just kept happening and happening. Like it was just normal traffic. But when a tractor trailer passes you by for the first time in six months, it sounds frightening. 
And, and a lot of those roads are, I mean, there's not a lot of room for bikes on a lot of these. I'm sure you were on like highways and, and state routes and stuff, not just probably whatever route you had to take. So you didn't really have a lot of bike lane, did you? The, the East Coast, so for Maine, basically, if you look at a map for Maine, we went straight down the coast of the Eastern seaboard to Philadelphia. And there is a designated trail called the East Coast Greenway. And it is a trail in the fact that it is a series of connected roads and rail trails. So if you don't know what a rail trail is, it's where the railroad company used to have their trains, but that company is no longer in business. So the rail, the rail itself, the right-of-way has been abandoned. And states and counties are turning these right-of-ways into paved and unpaved trails. So they're, they're flat and they're straight most of the time. So they're great for biking. So that's what the East Coast Greenway is. It's a connection of rail trails and roadway trails. And sometimes those roadway sections are terrible. Um, other times they're great. Other times you just have a shoulder which is okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a mix. It was a mix going from Maine down to Philadelphia. And luckily there are a lot of rail trails. You know, there was probably two to 300 miles of rail trails in that section. So that was really beautiful because once again, you're just, you're in the woods more, more or less and you're not on the road. So that was really, really fun. Yeah, it was like, I remember the first day we got on the road and all I could smell was the emissions from cars and diesel fumes. And it was, it would choke you. And like now big truck passes you by and you don't even, I don't even smell it. But when you're living in the woods in pristine clean air and then switching to the polluted air of, of a diesel truck, oh, that was terrifying, just gross. <laughs> and then you get some of the guys that have their souped up diesel engines that want to just blow by you and black smoke you. Did you ever have that? Yeah, yep. we we have been. Uh, they call it coal rolling, as they <laughs> say. We've been coal rolled a few times before. Not that exciting. Very It'll dangerous. For a lot of beautiful places on the cross country tour. I mean, we rode through Cape Cod in Massachusetts. Um, we took a like the most gravelly route through the state of Virginia. Um, then we rode the Natchez Trace Parkway, which is a national park that takes you from Nashville, Tennessee to Natchez, Mississippi on one road with no stoplights um, and no, no commercial traffic. traffic. Yeah. Then we rode west from there on what's called the Southern Tier Bicycle Route through Louisiana, Texas. We were in Texas for a month. Um, when we got out to West Texas, we took a detour through Big Bend National Park, got stuck in the desert with no water, had a little survival situation there. And then we rode up and over the highest point um, on our cross-country route in New Mexico and got snowed on um, at Emory Pass in New Mexico, um, rode through Arizona, and finally... That's out. where I'm at. What part of Arizona did you go through? Um, we went um, through... 
like so we hit um arizona in the southeastern portion went to tucson and then we went straight north to phoenix in phoenix i actually met up with an old high school buddy um, someone that I shared a lab desk in 10th grade biology and is now sober. And we got to go to a meeting at his house in Phoenix. How uh, cool is that? It was oh, awesome. It was so cool. It was so cool. And then, yeah. And then we continued on our way. <laughs> on into San Diego. Yep. Which is one heck of a, if anybody's driven from Phoenix to San Diego, you guys got some mountains to climb yes. and drop down. Well, I mean, the whole, the whole route, that's just amazing. I, you guys both have to be certified iron asses by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, um, yeah, it, we've got really good seats, bike seats, so they help <laughs> a lot. Yeah, they do. So yeah. you guys get to the end. What's happened now since you've completed all this, you're back home, um, still sober, and <laughs> mm -hmm. you're, um, you're starting the, your, your business and so what's life like right now? Well, we're not home. We are in Florida. Um, this is where we ended up. So we're right outside of Daytona, between Daytona and Orlando, Florida. And we spend our days walking barefoot on the beach. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, our, our life has changed a lot. Um, since we finished, we have... When we were on the Appalachian Trail, there's another long trail called the Vermont Long Trail. And that is actually the oldest long trail in the country. That's the original trail. And it spans the length of Vermont. It's 300 miles, just shy of 300 miles. And the first 100 miles is actually on the Appalachian Trail as well. So we hiked the first 100 miles of the long trail while we were hiking the Appalachian Trail. But we made a vow when we were on the AT to come back and finish the long trail, which was like 170 or 180 miles. So we just finished hiking the Vermont Long Trail like last month, I guess. Yeah. So, so we knocked that off our bucket list and that was, so you guys Appalachian trail across mm -hmm. the country on bikes and then mm -hmm. came back for the long trail. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. But even in the middle of that, I knocked off another bucket list item of riding over 200 miles in a day on my bicycle. So I rode from the East coast of Florida to the West coast of Florida in 18 hours. It's 210 miles. Wow. Yeah, we just, we, we've got like, our buckets are empty now. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> we have, so one of the things that um, has worked for Bill and I to stay on track in our recovery and living the best lives that we can is by getting a whiteboard and writing out goals, dreams, um, achievements that we want to have a part of our lives. And that might include mental goals, physical goals. So different adventures that we want to take different trips that we want to take, but also financial goals, family goals, and, um, the type of mindset that we want to have. And so that's just one thing that has worked for us. And yeah, since we've been sober, we've just been crossing those things off the list. And since we've gotten back from hiking the Appalachian trail, hiking across the country, we've had to erase those things and add new things. And 
it's just a constant evolution and uncovering of life getting better and better. And so part of our business is helping people first identify what are the things that they value in their lives? What do they want to achieve? How do they want to be seen by the people that matter most to them? And then looking at where they are now, and maybe they're recently sober and that's a huge achievement, but where do you go from there? Um, part of sobriety in the various traditions, the various, um, programs that you can do is getting into service, having connection with other, um, sober people. Um, but in addition to that, we want to add a life of purpose with direction and we want to help people stay accountable to what they want, set up systems in their lives so that they can continue to grow and develop and heal if that might be part of it. And then when they get there, you know, what are they going to do next? Um, figure out, you know, not only how to maintain happiness and contentment and fulfillment and joy in their lives, but to allow it to continue to grow and get bigger and better and, you know, maybe find a way that they can be of service and pass it on. And, you know, we know that that's a part of a lot of traditions too, is being a mentor or a sponsor or finding another way to give back and just to continue to, to help heal people who are suffering from addiction in, in whatever way that they can. And, you know, it's amazing. Like we were talking just a minute ago um, during a pause that just like um, in the beginning with your chicken coop and everybody rallying around to get the chicken coop done, then with Sobertown podcast, everybody rallying around to uh, create this and the podcast and the website, man, that's what's really cool about sobriety mm -hmm. that um, we come together it's, it's like a huge village out there, isn't it? It's just mm -hmm. people in their own little communities rallying around and, and giving back. And you guys offer a really cool service. And you guys still haven't even made it home. That's what you were saying, right, Bill? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're stuck in Florida, apparently. <laughs> I mean, but uh, of course, this has got to be by choice. Did you decide to move to Florida? Yeah, um, we're, we're loving it here and we're yeah. starting to develop a community here. But at, when we left Pennsylvania to hike the Appalachian Trail, we assumed we'd be returning home. But, you know, life changes and different opportunities arrive. And yeah, you just got to take take the new path if it comes before you. We have a, a lady that's not too. How far is Orlando from you guys? About an hour. So we have a lady that's real close to a couple ladies close to you that's uh, from the IAS and they both told their stories, Rags and Molly. I mean, there's there's just like, what the hell is going on in Florida where everybody wants to get in sober and wants to be in Florida? Everybody, come, everybody comes to Florida because it's warm. Yeah, the, it, sun, the sun is out all the time and there's yeah. water. Arizona's warm too, and it's got sun, but there's no water there. That's the problem. <laughs> right, right. There's not a lot of water here. You got to go to a man-made lake to get um, anything there. So, are you you're building more of recovery support around you guys too, right where you're at? Yeah, we're we're getting involved with uh, our local yoga community. That's where we've 
always, well, that's where I have started to find a, a nice community. Kira has been involved in yoga. She's a yoga teacher. Um, she teaches yoga and therapy, but that, that's been our, the community that we're currently really getting involved in is our local yoga studio and helping them with everything we can, giving back and just helping with that, spreading the, the word of their business, you know, because, you know, yoga is not just a place for Instagram and stretchy pants. Like it is a place for self-reflection and a place to be with yourself and to breathe through the, the hard points of your life and to be able to reflect on what you think is terrible and to, to look at it through a different lens. So it's always really important for me to get people into a yoga studio at some point during their recovery so they can see what it really is versus what Instagram wants it to look like. Yeah. Yoga. Do you, you're doing yoga yourself then, Bill? Yeah. I've been doing yoga for four or five years. I don't years. even I don't know, know if I can freaking bet. I tried to do something where I had to sit and my legs didn't even like fold that way. Just a basic. Okay. <laughs> you, you showed up, man. That's, that's the biggest thing. And that's like, that's what a lot of people have this misconception. Like you got to be able to bend. You got to be able to do that. And no, man, you just got to show up. You got to show up and just try. And eventually you'll get to some place that you've never been before. And that's why yoga is very relatable to life because you're not going to be who you want to be the first time you do it. It's going to take a lot of time, a lot of hard work to get you there. But after a while of you showing up over and over and over again, you're going to be bent over and your legs going to be over your head. And you'd be like, wow, how did I get here? Like what, what happened? Yeah. Well, that's where I, I was at. My legs were over my head. My head was up my butt and I'm just barely trying to <laughs> learn how to get it out of there. Right. That was a good one. <laughs> um, but here, let me take a break and then we'll come right back for our final episode.